hello 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 everybody um and welcome to live streaming the good the bad and the unexpected i am your host Aaliyah, and i am here to do a deep dive into live streaming um all over this podcast there's just so many topics to cover and as a content creator myself with over 600,000 subscribers on youtube uh 200k plus on tiktok and 100k on instagram i have some things to say with these new adjustments how live streaming is personally affecting my content my audience and just everything like that okay so for this first episode you can read the title we're going to be discussing kind of an intro episode we're talking about the new era of streaming um where we talk about long-term content why it's ruining our algorithms in my humble opinion and just everything like that because as somebody who is dealing with the backhand of streaming and long form content um i feel like i have some things to say so let's just go ahead and start out with the basics you know what is live streaming where did this begin live streaming is just seen as this thing where you sit in front of a camera and it's live no edits no cuts no none of that it's literally just organic no editing but if you want to get a little fancy there's different platforms such as twitch instagram tiktok that give creators the kind of freedom to add more to these things, you know? And the most popular streaming platform, in my opinion, um, is Twitch. Twitch is a streaming, live streaming, of course, platform where a lot of people can do things such as play games. You can play Call of Duty, The Sims. And I know there's creators such as Lil Simsy who streams. Um, there used to be a group uh, founded on TikTok called For Freak Show where they would just get on Zoom and be funny and stream it on Twitch. And then there's people like Aiden Ross who just have celebrities and they sit around and talk to their friends and read comments, right? So you're probably wondering, wow, this is a diverse, this is a very diverse kind of selection of content we have here over here on twitch okay and yes i feel like twitch has so many diverse kinds of content that's what makes it so 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 special right so twitch kind of knocks off all the boxes you know it's diverse content there's different things that people would want to see um and of course since it's based on the creator's schedule and how often they can do this you pretty much have a set schedule on when your favorite creator would go live on said platform But the thing with Twitch and that I find so interesting is that there is this program on Twitch where streamers can actually get paid. And not just like little chump change where like, yeah, I'll get myself a new pair of socks, maybe a little new mug. Streaming has become a lot of creators' main source of income. And when I say main source of income, I mean these people have moved to California, can afford $3,000 in rent, which you have to prove that you make three times that a month. And it's just, they have designer down, they live this luxurious lifestyle, all for sitting in front of a camera and doing their thing. And you're probably wondering, wow, how do you build this audience? And I sit here and think to myself the same question. As a creator of five plus years, how the hell do you do things like that? Okay? And... We talked about this a little in my words 3215 class where I feel like I gained a lot more knowledge about these platforms and how you need to go about kind of moving about on these platforms because, I mean, this is my job. I plan to stay in this career path or field for a while, even if it's not creating all my life. I want to help people to create. Um, I learned a lot in my words 3215 class 
about these platforms and meta literacy and everything like that. And when we were doing our live stream unit, it was very interesting to see how the different platforms are adjusting to this, but I feel like the one that always comes out on top is Twitch. Now, if you've never been on Twitch, um, it's okay. I find it very complicated. I am not a avid Twitch user, but if somebody has a link that I just click on and you're streaming, oh, okay, I'm there. You know, I like the easiness of a link. I'm pretty sure we all do. But the cool thing about Twitch is that when streamers go live, they are able to add these cool effects to their screen to make the audience feel included. And I specifically remember in our live streaming unit, we kind of dabbled in what is making this content so damn interesting to the audience, you know? And I came to a few conclusions. One, people are entering this new authentic era where they want to see less uncut because people are kind of realizing how sustainable um it is to be kind of aesthetic and goals and just somebody that you dream to be because the way social media is nothing but a big lie it's easy to obtain that. And now that we realize how many people can obtain that, let's see who's really real. Like, past all of that, let's see who's about what they say, you know? And I feel like streaming, in a way, does this because since it's no cuts, no edits except your little donation animations and messages from your viewers, it's like three hours long, so it's three hours of your day out of your 24-hour day, people are like, oh my gosh, this is the real you, you know? And me personally, I feel like streaming kind of creates a lazy way to make content because you're sitting there, you know, bouncing off people, responding to comments as you go, probably doing something funny with your friends or playing a game, and you're just vibing. Like, it meets the new creator aesthetic and desire at minimal effort because there's no editing, no cuts once again. And... Another another big thing that is also on the come up that I have been realizing as a creator myself is that with despite TikTok taking over everybody's brains and everything like that, we'll get that we'll get to that later. But with TikTok, you know, kind of coming over and taking over our attention spans, long form content is on the come up. When people usually stream, they usually don't stream for 10 minutes. They usually go for hours and hours and hours, even if it's only for like an hour, but people will go for an hour, three hours, five hours, 10 hours, 12 hours, 14, 16. I've seen people go live for 72 hours straight. Just doing things with their friends, living their lives. That's it. And you're probably wondering who the hell is watching that? Well, <laughs> you would be surprised. Um, and I really had to sit here and think about this kind of phenomenon because me personally, I'm not watching a three hour stream. Um, but the gag is I wouldn't have to watch a three hour stream because what these streamers do is take these long streams and post them on YouTube or other platforms. So if you missed it, you can post it. Now, this creates a sense because I not only am I a creator, but I'm a viewer and I asked my audience about this as well. Um, because usually when you do lives, whether it be on Twitch, Instagram, even TikTok, a lot of people come and sit there the whole duration because there is this great fear of FOMO. And this great fear of FOMO 
has created this kind of sense of I need to be here right now so I don't miss anything fun, right? That's what that's what FOMO is. But for the viewers, it's like I want to see the mistakes. I want to get my comments replied to. I want to be there now because if I watch it back later, which a lot of people still do, but I feel like as a viewer, it's more fun to be interactive. Although that they can watch it later, they would rather be interactive and be there for everything so they could see everything live and get like the haha, I was watching it, like haha, I remember when this happened, you know? So it's not like they're actually there, but they're there, you know? And even though people repost these streams, people have favorite streams, my personal favorite um, streaming group was For Freak Show, I mentioned them before. Um, For Freak Show is these four group of friends, and they literally just got on Zoom and acted a fool. My favorite is their therapy session. Um, It's hilarious. Funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. But because of this fear of FOMO, that's why I personally think streaming is taking over the world in a lot of people's pockets, because... People get the A, long-form content, the B, their FOMO is cured because they get to be there, and C, people donate money consistently, you know, if they have it, and it's, it's, and and D, it's low-effort content that you can basically recycle everywhere because not only is this a three-hour stream, but it's a three-hour YouTube video, and I'm about to get into the longer YouTube video kind of algorithm because I would say I'm a content creator primarily on YouTube, so I can talk about that specifically. I have personal experience, but it's just, with that three-hour video, you can do things like you can make TikTok clips, like, oh my gosh, clip that. Um, you can repost that on YouTube Shorts, Instagram Reels, which is what we're going to be talking about in our episode two, when why does everybody want to be TikTok, but that's a different, <laughs> that's for next episode. But with this three hours of content, you have three hours of content you can recycle across all your platforms, not just Twitch. And with me kind of doing this, I have a management team who also tells me like, hey, if you're posting a video, you should make a GIF promoting it on your community tab. You can clip some stuff and make it a YouTube shorts, TikTok, and Instagram reel. So I'll post the same 30 second video on three different platforms. And it's just called like, what do they call it? Maximizing your content. That's what they call it. Now, going kind of circling back to the, how do I say this? Long form content. As a YouTuber, a full-time YouTuber, it's my full-time job, it's what pays my bills, um, I know firsthand about this longer YouTube video pandemic that is going on, okay? With the form of streaming and people wanting to see you be more authentic and less filtered, this kind of started on Twitch, but then it kind of started moving on to it's baby platform, YouTube. We all know YouTube. YouTube has been through many eras. I think everybody remembers the schoolisha kind of era, the eight-minute, you know, expectations versus reality videos, you know, the kind of content houses, like Our Second Life, aka L2L. If you don't know what that is, look it up. You're going to be taken back to a time where YouTube was very basic, generic. You didn't have to be anything special to be viral on YouTube, literally. Um, but if you were special, you got a big audience, you got a following, and oh, shit, now, YouTube is your full-time job, and now, you talk about things for 20 minutes, and it pays your bills, but with this kind of change of long-form content, we went from that generic kind of everybody does the same video, things girls want from guys, things guys want from girls, we went from that 
to this, you know, we moved into our, I want to see the real. I want to see the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. Everybody wants authenticity because, like I said before, people realize how easy it was to be aesthetic, you know, want to be goals and stuff, have the luxury apartments, the bags, the boyfriends, the girlfriends, just everything. Everybody saw how easily obtainable it was because with the rise of social media, people post stuff like that all the time, even if they don't have it. So now that we know that that's obtainable, once again, we're looking past that. How real can you be outside of that? And... When YouTube was simpler, (laughs) because YouTube definitely was simpler back in the day, it was easier to get into their payment program, it's called the YouTube Partner Program, where you get paid through Google AdSense, Um, now it's a little bit more strict and hard to get into, because a lot of people abuse that, and everybody's a YouTuber, exhibit A, me, (laughs) but um, with this kind of shift, and knowing that people like long-form content because of, you know, things like Twitch, and we get three-hour live streams, The want for long-form content has definitely been a direct, what is it called? Direct occurrence? Direct, I don't know how to say it. But it's a response to not only people watching stuff for longer, but it's the way that these algorithms set up their platforms. Now, before, YouTube was basically based on views which is why clickbait started but then they changed their algorithm based on watch time and now this is why long-form content is thriving and why people take their three-hour streams and post them on youtube and why you see live vloggers such as me leah lee um as leah williams hannah elise these are all women i don't watch any men youtubers (laughs) i barely watch any men youtubers so i'm sorry if you were looking for some but these youtubers me myself will post 30 40 50 minute shit even an hour long video because that is more content for people to take in and that increases our watch time and because that watch time goes up youtube is like oh a little bell goes off it's like oh they're watching this video for 20 minutes that's a good that's a good video good watch time we're gonna keep recommending that i um on december 5th I posted my Vlogmas week one video. Um, Basically, if you don't know what Vlogmas is, Vlogmas is where YouTubers post a video every day from December 1st to the 25th. I did Vlogmas in 2017, 18, and 19. Took a break 2020 because I just wasn't in the right space to do so, but I'm here now. And I decided instead of posting every day, because I don't want to sit hunched over my computer hearing myself talk every day. (laughs) Although I love editing, it's my favorite part. You know, it just gets a little tiring and I want a life outside of that, you know? So, I'm posting it weekly, so like a really long weekly vlog. I know longer videos do well, so I was like, it's a win-win. I get to post longer videos and people get more content and I have more time to live my life outside of Final Cut Pro. I posted an hour and 13 minute video yesterday and I was, um, I'm going to pull up my analytics so I can kind of give them a rundown and how this is very surprising to me based on our current day and age and platforms that we have now. But based on that video, um, my typical view duration for a typical video, that's like 20 minutes, eight minutes to nine minutes, even 10 minutes. But with this hour long video, it's shot up to 20 minutes. And it makes sense because if you have an hour of content, let's, let's, let's ratio it, okay? We have a 10-minute video. If my average duration, you know, sometimes most of it is mainly like a fourth or a third. Um, so if I have a 10-minute video, that's three to four minutes, okay? But if I shoot that up to an hour video, 
imagine the growth. Yeah, it's the same ratio, but YouTube, once again, has that little bell go off, and boom, your watch time is up, your views are up. Looking at my analytics, this video is doing the best one of my videos has done in a while. It's my top performing video in the first 15 hours and 33 minutes um, that I've posted it, because I posted it yesterday, it's Monday today, um, but... I just find that so interesting because YouTube totally switched from clicking and views to watch time because like, yeah, you click on it, but how long are you watching it? Which is how kind of the clickbait era died. And I feel like this is kind of, on the flip side, we have TikTok. You know, TikTok is one to three minute videos. Um, but usually when people go on TikTok, nobody's watching a three-minute video. I'm not watching a three-minute video. I love the option, but a three-minute video, nobody's checking for long videos on TikTok. And it's very interesting to see that even on these two video-driven content platforms, TikTok is engagement-based or luck-based. So you can either get lucky and your video just picks it up and runs with it. I mean, the algorithm picks you up and runs with it. Example, Charlie D'Amelio. Picked her overnight, and now she's a celebrity. She's not a TikToker. She's a celebrity. She's been, she's had multiple collabs with big brands. She is the epitome of TikTok choosing her and her being lucky. Or it's engagement-based, where if something goes wrong in a video, people, of course, are going to make funny comments and share it. It's based on shares and engagement comments, you know? And I just think that's so interesting how diverse the two platforms are, but they initially do the same thing, you know? So this kind of moves me to my next thing, and it kind of talks about why creators are moving to streaming and long forms of content. Once again, I just feel like streaming creates a lazy, minimal effort way to create the kind of aesthetic and desire that people want long stream content and authenticity, okay? This lifestyle it's so easy to do, but getting to a place where you're financially comfortable takes a lot. I know this because I've been doing this for five years, and I personally, you know, do YouTube stuff to pay my bills, and learning algorithms and stuff is literally all I do all day so I can be successful, and I don't get evicted. <laughs> so the kind of money and monetization aspect is still kind of up in the air. I can only talk about what I know, which is mainly YouTube and TikTok and sponsorships. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that before this episode ends. But before this episode ends, I would like to say this video is sponsored by the UNCC Words Major and Minor Department. Um, if you're looking for a way to learn more about platforms, how to write and get more into the digital studies era and um, just kind of realm this is for you um, as a personal major. I love it here. It's everything I love in kind of what my hobbies are, what my future job wants to be, and it's so fun. So make sure you check out the words 3215 major minor today. You can definitely talk to our department head, Burt Ray. He's the best. He helps me all the time. And yeah, thank you guys for sponsoring. So kind of getting into our last topic which is the money monetization aspect i'm gonna start with twitch first because that is who this entire thing started with and we branched off into so many different things because all these platforms are connected but we're gonna start with twitch like i said with twitch there is donations direct donations literally people just giving you money because they want to be seen heard they want their comment read but you're also in a twitch program where they pay you as well 
that's even more money. I don't know how much one can make off Twitch, but I've seen streamers go from nothing to everything in a span of like a year. Now, moving to the YouTube aspect of it, YouTube revenue is based on your views and how many how much money you can get per thousand views me right now i get about ten dollars every thousand views and if i'm uploading longer videos that's gonna push you know my views to be higher because i'm gonna be recommending it more people are gonna find me so the more views you get the more money you get so you know you have to balance kind of that okay what videos appeal to my audience but also what videos can appeal to and bring in new people videos that help people gain something so girl talks hygiene videos it always brings in great you know audience while also giving them some things in between lifestyle vlogs come grocery shopping with me you know christmas decorating and with this because adsense takes 50 percent of our checks so whatever we get is 50 the other half youtube takes or google takes um that's what we get you know and then we move to the new phenomenon which is tiktok um, uh, as somebody who recently left the creator program, the creator fund on TikTok, that's basically a fund where YouTube pays its creators, but it has been shown and proven that TikTok kind of shadow bans creators content in the creator fund, especially creators of color. Um, it shadow bans them so they don't have to pay them as much. And as somebody who has left the creator fund about a few months ago, my views in content has skyrocketed. I haven't seen as much interaction as I have since before I got in it so that should say something but with this being said where does the money on TikTok coming from well I notice a lot of TikTokers get a lot of their audience from TikTok from being funny and they either get sponsors which is kind of like a universal thing I've had sponsors on Instagram YouTube TikTok um People usually get their audience to go to their YouTube channel their Instagram and then they get sponsors there or they do sponsors right on TikTok and they just you know shout out the company do their talking points to keep it pushing um and that's how most tiktokers make their money uh because tiktok pays their creators dust they usually have to find their audience at a different platform and meet them in the middle type of thing so as you can see all of this stems from live streaming i know there's like different platforms that came before the other but the way that these kind of platforms connect and really go in a cycle it really just shows how interconnected all these platforms are and how much opportunity one really gets on one platform and how they can take that and run with it how much opportunity you can get with making money and changing your entire life you know and um in the next episode we're going to talk about the newer platform tiktok and why does everybody want to be tiktok because It seems like everybody is taking that and running with it because it's what's making the money. But with that being said, that is our first episode on the new era of live streaming, you know, long-term content and why it's ruining our algorithms. Um, This has been live streaming uh, with Aaliyah and I will see you guys in the next episode.